And welcome back to Hey, Eintracht Frankfurt, the Bundesliga podcast covering everything there's known in the English language about Eintracht Frankfurt, the best club in the Bundesliga, the best club in Germany, the best club in Europe, the best club in the world for that matter. But we are a little bit biased. I am your host, Brian Sanders. You can follow me on Twitter at KCSGE. Know me as uh, Brian in KC, uh, needless to say. Follow the show on Twitter. You know how to do that? That is at HE. F pod and guess what we've got facebook that's facebook.com slash hef pod no worries about that meta changeover hasn't changed anything you can also find us also on instagram that is hey eintracht frankfurt and uh yeah you can always drop us an email some people do from time to time uh that is hey eintracht frankfurt at gmail.com as I said, some people do from time to time where we do get criticism and uh, fist pumps, you know, uh, obviously through the keyboard, of course. And uh, yeah, so here to talk about a double helping the matches, we're talking about obviously the Eintracht Olympiakos match, but we're also going to hit on the match uh, that we haven't been able to cover because we haven't been able to convene, which was the match of last weekend. And uh, that was Eintracht and uh, Leipzig. Uh, here to talk about all things Eintracht uh, when he can't take his mind away from Spartan Stadium and winning some funky-looking trophy in that American version of football. It is Chris in Detroit. Go green. Brian, that is that. Go white. That is the greatest trophy in sports. Um, with all respect to the Stanley Cup, there is nothing greater than a five-foot block of wood painted green. And damn it, is it beautiful when it stays in East Lansing. But we're here to talk football, so let's do that. Yeah, we definitely want to talk about it indeed. So, uh, fair enough, uh, folks, in case you're wondering now, he is a big Michigan State Spartan football fan. And at the time that Eintracht was kicking off with uh, Leipzig, uh, Chris was in East Lansing, but has got the but has been able to catch himself up enough to be able to comment in the same way that I am and saying that Eintracht won, Leipzig won, was one of the most undeserving points Eintracht could have earned when it came to an offense. Never before have I ever thought that Eintracht would be playing like a team that is bound for relegation, but we did. Uh, The midfield was weak. The attack, weak. The defense sort of holding its own. KT doing KT things. Hinty was meh. Indica, there's a reason why I fear that eventually he, that if not at the end of the season, the end of next season, he's likely to be sold because, you know, someone's just going to pony up the cash. Um, Eintracht, I'll say this much. Defensively speaking, um, they kind of took it to Leipzig, but, you know, if it wasn't for our lack of offense, maybe we'd be talking about three points because defensively we held on. Did we uh, benefit from the fact that uh, I think it was Campbell who missed just an absolutely horrible, horrible, horrible miss of a shot? Yes. But fact that at the end of the day, somehow, some way, despite us playing like absolute turds, uh, the Eintracht came away with a 1-1 draw as Tuta headed home on the very last second of a Kostic cross from set piece. Chris, 
you probably saw that immediately on your phone whilst you're, you know, at the other version of foosball uh, in a different part of the country. And you thought to yourself, okay, point against Leipzig, not losing to them. That is a team with more talent. I was keeping up with everyone via text and such. Um, And everyone talked, oh, my God, this is the worst thing ever. Don't watch the replay. Nothing good is happening. So there was a, a pause in our American football game. So I was like, let me roll through the stats here. And I'm looking at the shots fairly close. The shots on target fairly close. Possession was reasonably close given our history with them. Like, what is everybody complaining about? And then I <laughs> looked at, at further in the text message list. And it sounded to me like we were the most disorganized, unprepared team out there. And then I saw the passing accuracy is 70%. Um, I mean, a high school team here in the States can hit 70% passing. That, to me, is wholly unacceptable. If you cannot pass the ball at that level, you're not going to have success, whether it's against Leipzig, who, you know, they're a good club, been near the top the last several years. But more importantly, the, the, the teams we're fighting against in this relegation battle, we're not going to get points from them. So I feel lucky taking a single point out of this one. Again, having not seen it, that's you know my opinion just based on the numbers. I will go back and watch the replay, but I look at you know it. You only get three shots on target, uh, and Tuta thankfully put one away in the ninety-fourth minute. But without that, we're sitting on another match with two shots on target and zero goals, goals to show for it. So while the point is great, uh, my biggest concern is, again, where the hell is the offense coming from? And it's a, it's a, look, it's a good query to put down. I would point out that the amount of changeover in the playing staff uh, between Eintracht and Leipzig and Eintracht and Olympiacos does kind of stand out enough that you would then say to yourself, Okay, yeah, are kind of saving your bullets for Groita Firth on the road, and I'm okay well, we with that. We can't save bullets. We're we're not in a position of luxury where we can True. keep bullets in the chamber. We have to bring everything every week, or we're gonna sink. You know, there's no luxury of oh, it's just Firth coming up. That doesn't exist for us right now. Uh, let me ask you, mm. how was Durham? How was Eric Durham on the right side? Yeah. <laughs> That's all I Durham, need. Durham was crap. Durham was crap. Yeah. Torre was... He was... The Torre that we saw against Bayern was not on display against Leipzig. Look... And it, people that asked to see more of Rustich, did that mean anything? No, it didn't mean a damn thing. Because I honestly believe that you know, if Eintracht is to have a better uh, central midfield and you need, and if, okay, if you need to have Hrustic in that starting 11, I honestly think that him and Jakic honestly would be a little bit better of a uh, of a pairing in the midfield uh, if Hrustic is going to be in the middle of in the midfield. If you want to push him further forward, I would put... Uh, Kamada in front of him because I think when we've seen those two guys work together, they have been good uh, in last season. And 
Actually, let's be real. We haven't seen it this season. And I'd like to see it come back, but you got to realize that, I mean, the styles that we're playing today and that we played last season are entirely different. Chris, this is, this is, this is not the team of last year where we had an Andre Silva as a kind of a go-to guy up top. And then you had God, this, and we, we talk off podcast uh, between ourselves about how much Amin Yunus was a key contributor last year. And we haven't found someone to kind of basically replace his sort of uh, excitement that he would provide. And we're just kind of, you know, scraping against the bottom of the barrel. And you gotta, gotta think that, hey, maybe with what we saw in the Europa League uh, with Lindstrom and uh, Hauge, maybe this there, I, you didn't see it, you didn't see it with Barcock in his, I mean, his appearance. Well, I mean, against Leipzig, I'll say this much. Barcock almost felt like he needed to do something, and you saw something from him, some moments of individual excitement. But Hauge was, to me, I felt Hauge was very much kind of a non-factor, a non-entity. I think he is better you know, a little bit further wide rather than playing through the center, which is where we kind of placed him when we were playing against Leipzig. Um, I think maybe if you were to use the Scandinavian too, which we'll talk about in a second, and talk about Eintracht and Olympiakos, I think that uh, they work better together when uh, Lindstrom is more of a central role uh, who can move from uh, move over to the left, move over to the right with a lot of flexibility. While Hauge on uh, the right or the left being able to move centrally if the when when need be to kind of switch things out is a better way to utilize uh, their skills. But then again, this is all from what I've seen so far. And the fact of the matter was, what I saw from Leipzig was, wow, they were wasteful. They were so wasteful of a team that you just kind of wondered to yourself, oh my, like this keeps on getting later and later and later. And whilst we weren't creating anything offensively, you're like, all you need is that a one. Absolutely lucky, half chance, and then you get a point. Because Leipzig were, just could, they were so wasteful, you were just kind of like, maybe this is going to freaking happen. And it did. We got freaking lucky. We got a point in the match that would have been that even if we were doing good, uh, like twice as good as we have been doing the season, the matches that we have drawn, we have won, matches we have lost, we have drawn, you know, this would still be considered you know, a good result because Leipzig is one of those teams with the kind of quality that there's a reason why they make the Champions League practically every single flipping year that they're in the Bundesliga. And getting a point against them, whether you're doing well or doing poorly, you kind of have to be like, all right, phew, got that. Uh, moving on to next and not even thinking about it. So, Chris, if you're ready to I, move on to Europe, I can get right to it. One last thing. I'm as guilty as anybody of uh, comparing what's going on at the moment with a glory year of the past, name it from the last few years, or a glory glory moment uh, that we've had. But this is clearly a club in transition right now. And, you know, it's a struggle day to day. We're running in sand and getting practically nowhere, it feels. I don't think it's necessarily fair to compare this roster to the roster of the past because we we don't have the weapons we had. We don't have guys with the experience they had before. They're getting their Bundesliga experience uh, by being out there on the pitch week after week. So they're going to get beat up. 
Um, but we got to give them credit for fighting to the end. And a guy who's been, you know, beat to hell publicly and even on this podcast in Tuta came through for us. So let's give them credit for fighting to the end. As 100%. ugly as it was, they got it done. So Indeed. It's not, it's not all doom and gloom when you take a point from one of the, the higher clubs in the table, uh, it's a good day. Yeah, I'm just going to, Chris, I'm going to give you a stat in a different way. So in the Bundesliga this past weekend, um, so Borussia Dortmund, they beat Cologne 2-0. You're thinking, oh, they must have kicked their ass. Um, no, um, apparently Cologne had over 20 shots and Dortmund had less than five. <laughs> I'm just leaving it there. Sometimes you can have Were their legs day. tied together? <laughs> I don't know. I've seen like some of the highlights and I'm just like, oh God, Dortmund, you're just getting it done like, without Holland. And that was ugly as shit. And let's be fair. Eintracht played just as bad, if not, no, worse even than Dortmund did. And you know what? They faced up against Cologne side that really is surpassing what anyone was expecting for them. We all thought that they were going to be relegation candidates and they're kind of punching above their weight mid table, you know, still in the Pokal. Now that the big fish, uh, the the Bayern is out of the Pokal. So it's really an open field for anyone who's in the top division to make a real run at it. And even a couple second division teams can look at it and say to themselves, a second division tie in this, in the Pokal that's some exciting stuff because of the financial benefits of that just, you know, can totally over, you know, paper over any issues when it comes to any relegation fight or promotion misses. But uh, yeah, switching to Europe as everyone has been participating all over the Bundesliga, uh, some teams getting crushed by Dutch opposition. Yes, I'm talking about the same Dortmund. Uh, that oh. <laughs> they can beat they they can beat Turkish teams. They can beat uh God, what's the other country? Um I think it's uh Portuguese teams, but they can't beat the Dutch teams. I know you love Ajax and we've talked about it. If only we had gotten a certain Ajax coach. Uh but you know, beggars can't be choosers. We have what we got, and uh yeah, that coach got yellow carded uh over the course of the match. Uh, for basically being just a little too, a little too vocal on the sidelines. And you know what? Remember when we were looking like relegation fodder the last time around? Armin Vey was on the side on the sidelines, and he looked pretty happy to just sit there on his, just on his butt, just doing absolutely nothing, looking like. I don't know, like a dead fish just lying on the freaking uh, lying on the deck of a ship. Like, at least Glasner is getting up and getting vocal. When we defeated uh, Olympiakos at home, I saw a very emotional coach every time looking like he had just, well, um, he, like he had just come out of the Akon song uh, with Lonely Island where he's singing, I just had sex. And yeah. And it felt so good. Felt so good. He, that's the way that, I swear to God, when he gets emotional like that, I'm like, um, I never saw you act like that when you were at Wolfsburg. And I think that is a way of, of, that he might be able to get his 
get his connection to the Eintracht fans because if nothing else, we're an emotional team. And we played it against a very emotional Olympiacos who really threw a way better tactical lineup against us. And we came out of Greece with a 2-1 to victory in uh, the hotbed uh, that they play in. Though not exactly full to the brim, let's be honest. But you know what? Um, the lineup that we threw out there, Chris, you definitely could think in your head, huh, we're not 100% all in on this match. We're holding something back. And yes. I kind of liked how we got the result whilst still looking like, you know, we weren't all in. Just saying. I had a, I had a lot of questions uh, when the sheet came out this afternoon, seeing Hasebe in a back three against Olympiacos, who has quite a bit of speed. They didn't show yeah. a bit against us, but but we saw it in uh, their Fenerbahce match. If anybody watched that, they <laughs> these guys can run a lot. And I was a little worried that they'd run circles around Hasebe. I mean, the ageless <laughs> wonder. Wow. But, um, you know, I was pleasantly surprised with the back line today. Um, of course, Kevin Trapp did Kevin Trapp things. Um, but limiting... Outside of about a, I'll say a five-minute stretch around the middle point of the first half, I really felt like we held their attack in check pretty well. Would you agree with that? Hundred percent. Look, they didn't exactly light the world on fire in their most recent matches in the Greek Super League, but look, they're the, they're the PSG, they're a Real Madrid, they're a Bayern Munich to their league. If we were playing someone else from this league, which would likely be one of the other uh, Athens-based clubs, or uh, Pauk, uh, Thessaloniki, uh, Thessaloni- uh, Pauk. I'm not going to try and say this is the other <laughs> technically in, because I, look, I don't know Greek, obviously. All I've seen is my big fat Greek winning and gone to a Greek restaurant. I can not do it. Uh, right. You know, just it, hey, con- concede. When it's you, all Greek. Con- yeah, it's, it's all, all Greek to me. To me. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> boom, boom. <laughs> uh, someone's going to get upset when they listen to this. But you know what? We'll just deal with the ramifications later. So to me, one of the players who really stood out to me uh, as we were taking on uh, Olympiacos was, you know, their captain running at us. Uh, from the middle of the pitch. And he's got a lot of, he's got some pace on him. He also had some guys working out from the wings, but uh, El Arabi was a really good uh, kind of just a centrally located striker who really, I thought, uh, made us really have to work our butts off. Like we yeah. put in a real shift whilst we were you know, going up against a team who had way more speed than us. But the thing is, like, if you looked every time, they practically were going to the end line and then crossing it in. And you know what? Did it work? Yes. The first goal of the match was scored in their Moroccan uh, forward and uh, armband where was going absolutely mental when he scored that goal. The fans were absolutely going crazy. But the thing was... They had themselves still open wide, and guess what? The Eintracht was able to go on the counterattack 
I know that's a little bit of a long, long one from me. They went on the counterattack for a found Kamada whack. Kamada did Europa League Kamada things. And if we didn't have that quick, uh, like, response, I mean, that goal came around about five minutes after uh, they scored the goal. And that was 12th minute is when they registered it. I mean, our quick response immediately kowtowed uh, then for a good 20, 30 minutes while we kind of, you know, we had a few decent opportunities, but it very much seemed like we were in coast mode. If we took a good chance, if we took our chance, if it was presented to us, we would then benefit from it. But it very much felt during the entirety of the match that, hey, you get a draw out of here in a hostile atmosphere, then you can be like, all right facing off against a Bundesliga team who's way worse than this team, Goretta Firth will only ever come out of their shell because they're at home. And we went up against these Greek fellas and uh, went toe-to-toe with them and came away with the three points. But I like what I saw in the fact that we quickly responded in our adversity and said, all right, well, I guess we're going after you, and we grabbed a goal. And suddenly you saw little bits of offensive sparks that have not been there in the last couple of matches. And it was quite pleasing, quite pleasing on the eye. It's become a thing now in the Europa League this year where we answer goals with quick responses of our own. And that's encouraging. You want to see that in every competition. But for some reason, this is the one where we're choosing to do it. And uh, credit where it's due, Kamada uh, put himself in the right position to get the job done. And for all the shit we give him, I got to give him credit here. Uh, I thought he, he played a good game today. In the middle of what was otherwise chaotic, there wasn't a lot of organization to what we were doing. Um, our passing was better statistically than it was against uh, Leipzig. but didn't look to me, even though we put more together, it didn't look to me like we were um, comfortable. You know, we were just kind of, I, I don't know. We, To me, we didn't look terrible, but we didn't really look organized either. It was kind of our season uh, in a nutshell. But we really found a way in the end. Um, <laughs> okay. So, <laughs> I got to admit again, I... I missed the finish because of this stupid bad cell service at my daughter's school pickup. So I was getting texts from Brian. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> minute by minute. Um, and then thanks to my Danish friends for uh, streaming it to me later on. So because, you know, Paramount Plus sucks. Uh, <laughs> I got the, the Danish feed later on. And uh, Lindstrom did exactly what he's supposed to do uh he took the ball in open space i thought he was going to give it up in the box it wasn't it, it wasn't a very confident pass and it just kind of bounced uh bounced into a good position for Hauga. but hey you know you're on the road three points puts us through the next round what more do we what more can we ask for today they don't have guess, to be pretty they yeah. just have to be three points Sure. I think uh, the win that we have here today, I think it... Uh, oh, yeah. To, so, um, we kind of 
mentioned it right there. Uh, yeah, so uh, with the way that the uh, you got your round of 16, if you're top of the top of the table, you have this preliminary knockout phase for the second place team. That is for the all the second place teams of each group of the Europa League get to face off against the eight teams that were in third place of the Champions League. You know, when uh, those guys descend and it's always really tricky. I hate um, that. Such yeah. a stupid format. Well, anywho, uh, yeah, keep some of uh, the lesser teams, you know, continuing to play in Europe, blah, blah, blah. And that's the same sort of trendy little thing that they're doing. And the Europa League uh, for your third place team then transfers to the same basic set of descends into uh, the Europa Conference League. But hey, you know what? We've, we have now, based on the current points, um, uh, uh, because uh, there was a 3 0 uh, win for Fenerbahce. In their match in Antwerp, Antwerp is officially uh, e- eliminated. Well, not officially, officially yet. Uh, that's going to be our job in the next match we'll day. Yeah, we'll take care of it on Thanksgiving Day in America. <laughs> so uh, something to look forward to there. Uh, but for me, what was great is that Look, we now have got something in the back of our minds that, you know what, we've qualified now for at minimum for spring European football. And that is really, really exciting. It's something that you can actually convince Kostic to stick around for. It's like you can move somewhere else or you can be get a guarantee and be the leading guy with Eintracht. And if he ends up leaving, I will cry. But you want to open that can of worms right now? Uh, look, it's a carrot that you can dangle in front of him if you can only keep him around for six additional months to make sure that you have a respectable finish within the Bundesliga. And how else do we I do know. that? Is basically make sure that he like he doesn't need to leave to perform at a high end, which will then allow him to play for Serbia uh, at the uh, next upcoming. Uh, 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 World Cup, because, I mean, what? Uh, so, we're going to say, hey, Philip Kostic, look at our lousy, shriveled-up carrot here. You know, we're going to dangle this in front of you, and there's a nice, big, juicy orange carrot somewhere else. I mean, if you put it like that, then it just sounds, like, gross and disgusting. And we're not gross and disgusting. We're lovable and cuddly. That's not you what know you're saying us. during these you matches. Know you know it. <laughs> you know us, uh, Philip. And you know what? You are better than your Portuguese counterparts. Serbia will qualify for the World Cup, and you will have done it whilst playing with the Eintracht. And, yeah, yeah. well, you can dangle that, especially in front of his face, uh, when he uh, and Serbia win. Uh, their next match when it comes to welcome qualification. But before that happens, we got the Bundesliga that will be coming up. But the thing is, we're in to at least spring international soccer. And that uh, the UEFA competition in the spring continue the earning the coefficient points so that, okay, if we're not in the Europa League, we're not in the Conference League, we're not in the Champions League next year. It's not a big deal because when we re-enter, we will re-enter with a strong uh, UEFA competition coefficient that will allow us to not be stuck in some freaking uh, 
just gross uh, pod that you didn't get your name pulled out and you suddenly realize, oh my God, we got Manchester City. We got PSG. What the Sam hell are we going to be able to do? Which is probably what, which is what exactly Leipzig was having to deal with. Granted, they just got shit ass fucking luck. But, you know, that's the entire thing. Like, if you do well, you will be well placed to have a more favorable outcome when it comes to your UEFA draws uh, when they do come about. And, I mean, isn't it easier to just attract players to come to your club when you are a club that in recent years has been participating in Europe and has aspirations to continue to do so in the near-term future? I think that can only work for the club going forward, though club recruitment, that is not this is not the podcast for it. I know I've been very ranty. Chris, you know me when I get ranty. But the thing is, this match is rant worthy. We had good, we had some decent work from our defense at times. Uh, I did feel that, you know, running at pace through the center and through the wings was kind of a little crazy. I will say this much. It at least makes me feel a little bit more comforted at at least with Deutsche Firth. I don't know of someone who's got that sort of speed, and we do know who they got. So uncomforted by today's result because we are now four points ahead of Olympiacos in first place. That puts us well and truly in the driver's seat to be able to play uh, Antwerp at home in our next match. And win or draw, we're practically sealed for the Europa League in the springtime. All right. So I'm going to put it, I'm going to put two things out there. Number one thing that we know about this team, they know how to take three points by hell or high water in the Europa League. And item number two that we know about this team is we know how to not show up on the Bundesliga match day following Europa League. Oh, yeah. Um, Sadly. So as we transition, it, it's going to be a weird thing because, you know, we come in with like three times uh, the salary on the books, and I know we're going to get into a preview in a bit, but I, as soon as as soon as soon I saw that final score today, I thought, there we go. We're losing on Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm not. I mean, I am the, the Debbie Downer around here, but I'm not trying to do that. It's just the pattern that's been established here. So what we have to do through the next three training days here is find a way to to be in a better headspace. That's a, I mean, it's a good aspiration. And if nothing else, Philip Kostic was saved for the weekend. Worse for me. <laughs> Save his legs, save everything. Like, Hinty, you know, I mean, the man was out of shape. He has come back to us. Yeah, we're getting him back there. But look, we're going up against a really exciting match and uh, against Gordon Firth, and I can't wait for it. I do think we need to wait for talking about it because it is time, Chris, or hashtag what are we drinking, your man who loves his beer. Your man who always brings it when it comes to this conversation piece. So, what have you brought? Well, this is a corner of the podcast I generally excel in, and I am here today to disappoint. Yeah, but I'm going to keep my I'm going to keep my streak alive. 
So I, I came from an NBA game earlier. Happens. I was drinking Bell's too. I was drinking Bell's too hearted there. That's a great thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I got home and it was like, hey, it's time to jump on the podcast. Oh shit, I'm not prepared. Um, <laughs> I am. I I am drinking a vodka with an energy drink that has a couple of animals on the front, and I will not name the brand. Yeah. Sorry to disappoint. I mean, I can have an off day once in a while, right? <laughs> can you? Well, you I, know, I I'll, I'll, th- I'll, you throw, know. I'll throw you the bone. I was drinking Pell's Too Hard at the game tonight. There you go. Uh, I do know that one. And it's pretty good. Pretty good. Uh, you know what also is pretty good? Um, Kansas City Beer Company. Uh, they're, uh, now I've only got just the last one I got. Uh, is their Fest beer is been their highest rated beer when it comes to uh, competitions in American beer. Uh, those kind of open American beer competitions. And, uh, you know, I'm, I know we're now in November. The leaves are falling in Michigan. Usually it's pretty good foliage. Foliage is in full force right now in uh, Kansas City. As well, a little bit further south than you uh, <laughs> in Detroit. Um, and look, to me, it's a good way to basically say adieu to the fall. So to that and the victory, I say Prost. And we will be back with segment two in just a jiffy. So stay with. Segment two, hey, Frankfurt, Brian, and Chris here to talk about Chris's favorite segment, Frauen Corner. Frauen Corner. Yes. I need some music for that segment. Uh, yeah. So uh, exciting news, folks. Uh, in case you've been living under a rock, um, there's a new announcement when it comes to you know to follow the Frauen. Uh, Chris, do you want me to lead off with this one? Finally, because I didn't read it yet. Ah, uh, there you go. Um, so. ATA football, who had been uh, showing uh, uh, women's highlights uh, one match per week, uh, was all that they showed at the Frauen Bundesliga. They will, they have now increased uh, what they will be showing. So they will be starting this weekend, starting with Wolfsburg and Eintracht. You'll be able to watch live internationally on ATA football around the globe. Uh, in Germany, that's DAZN, Magenta Sport, and Eurosport. They'll be broadcasting it. There and in the US of A, in addition to ATA football, you will have it on access with the NBC Sports app in NBCSports.com. Now, this is in partnership with ATA's football uh, deal that they have with the, the uh, FAWSL League, the Women's Soccer League in England, uh, which they do show uh, really just when uh, the English Premier League is on. Uh, is on a break. They're the rights holders for that league. So they kind of show that in force. 
when they're off. So now they have decided that they want to go a little bit further with the women's game and get more women's soccer coverage to us in the States. So finally, for us Eintracht listeners here in the United States of America, we'll actually have better access to watch our ladies. It just sucks that the team that we're facing is uh, Big Bad Wolfsburg. So we got to go to Wolfsburg. We got to go to the, uh, whatever the hell that thing's called, the AOK Stadium uh, in the in the shadow of the giant, giant uh, fortress-looking factory that is Volkswagen's uh, uh, Wolfsburg plant. Oof. That is you know a, what? it's intimidating. I've seen pictures of it. That is not a small one, and I'm at, and I'm in a city that actually has a pretty big size uh, General Motors factory and a pretty big sized uh, Ford factory as well. So I know something about the car automotive uh, manufacturing world. As does Chris, obviously living in Detroit. Yeah, I'm not intimidated by a car factory. Sorry, I live by one. So uh, you're talking about but, the, you're talking about Chrysler. What Chrysler's small now? There's small fish. Other ones, but anyway, um, <laughs> <laughs> there's like a dozen within five miles of me. Anyway, um, this is going to be a heck of a matchup. This is uh, kind of the old guard. Wolfsburg is um, for those that don't watch the women's game a lot. They're one of the better clubs in the last you know several years in Germany and across Europe. Uh, they've played very well in international competition and. This is kind of our moment to say, hey, we're here. We've arrived. Uh, we went through growing pains. We proved early this year we're ready to play. We're still, um, you know, five wins and a loss through six matches, sitting on points uh, at the top, behind, well behind in goal differential. But this is a point where we can say, hey, Wolfsburg, you sit back there. We got this. <laughs> we got a couple tough matches coming up. So. Uh, starting with a win over Wolfsburg on the road uh, would set us up well. And we've had some time off recently. Everyone should be fairly healthy. Um, I'm looking forward to this one. I really think we have a chance to pull it off. If there's something that both these teams do, it's not allow goals. Uh, we've allowed five through six matches. They've allowed four. So there's not going to be a tremendous amount of scoring chances. So it's imperative that the few we do get get finished off. 100% agree. Um, Wolfsburg, after playing Bayern uh, last week in the Frauen Pokal, uh, it ended up being uh, not as good of a result as we had in the Frauen Bundesliga when we defeated Bayern right before the uh, women's international break. Um, did not uh, get off uh, to the best of starts against Bayern München Frauen. Second go around and uh, yikes. Ah, uh, well, um, this is the time for the latest to shine. I think we knew what was going to happen. Honestly, after after winning the league match, um, I think it was kind of a, a foregone conclusion that they were going to come out a lot stronger in the cup. Um, but in all fairness, all that means for us is we have one competition to focus on now. We, you know, it, it's frustrating because we've become so accustomed on the women's side to being in the cup semis or the final that now we're kind of sitting at a point sitting back with no final to look forward to now. Um, 
maybe they can kind of refocus a little bit because they're going to need it here with Potsdam coming up, uh, Leverkusen coming up, and mm-hmm. Wolfsburg on, on the weekend. It's going to be tough. Indeed, indeed. Uh, I will say that at the very least, they'll have a they'll have a cushy team. Uh, follow, following this match, uh, and call Zeiss Jena at the very least. So you know uh, that will at least provide them with a team to uh, beat up on. Uh, needless to say, uh, in the immediate aftermath of this Wolfsburg match. Uh, currently, before we exit our frown corner, currently the Bundesliga table sits like this. So, after six matches played, and we have Bayern, Leverkusen, and Frankfurt all on 15 points, uh, all designated via goal difference, and Wolfsburg two points behind the Eintracht, uh, and at the same points tally is Hoffenheim, uh, the team who ended up in third place last season and uh, has been enjoying. Uh, the women's, uh, the expanded women's champions league, and uh, one can only hope that Eintracht will get the kind of finish that we we all hope that they can do. And at the ver- and you know what we have also going for us is the fact that Wolfsburg has got a, t- a really tense Champions League match coming up midweek, so perhaps they do not have the full strength team. And uh, we're able to pounce on that. So let's go, ladies. Let's freaking go. And kudos to uh, the expanded uh, availability to being able to watch the frown because that's what we've been whinging about for weeks and weeks and weeks. We asked for it. We asked now for it. Now we, we have to show it. up. Let's let's give them the clip. Let's show them we care. You know, it, it's let's go because let's go. there's so many different platforms out there now. But mm-hmm. they said, hey, you want it? We're gonna provide it. So let's show up. I don't even care if you're not watching. Click it, have it in the background, and then this segment will apply to you. If you watch the match, you can come back here and say, oh, now I know what the hell they're talking about. Exactly. Well, hey, it is time then to talk about uh, back to our typical Eintracht Frankfurt discussion. So uh, our match for the weekend is none other than Greuther first. Um, in case anyone has been living under a rock, they have not been good. Not been good at all. Um, they have a whopping seven goals scored this season. That you know, look, we've we've talked about how our goals for is bad. You know, theirs is also pretty stinking bad. It like pretty stinking bad. And they have one point on the season. This is a team that is all like at this point, it would take a miracle for them to be able to pull out from this. Look, we're weak at defending against long shots, which is seems to be the only way that those guys seem to score goals. So, you know, we need to just button da- batten down the hatches when it comes to defense and literally literally throw the kitchen sink at them defensively. Like, do everything there is. Guess what? That means that Lambers needs to sit on the bench and no one considers him him to be a useful asset when it comes to uh, coming on as a second-half substitute. You need... I I personally think Ache needs to be in the starting lineup. And here's why. Uh, You need to have speed to be able to sometimes break through uh, a dogged defense like that. Uh, Kostic being a 
Costas being available will be key. I think that uh, Lindstrom and Helga, now we kind of skirted over the, their you know exploits and the, uh, the goal that ended up winning the match for the Eintracht. But the thing was, what we saw from them is something that we had seen earlier. And so I am very much pro having those guys play in the midfield. Put Helga uh, out on the right. If you want to put so and Yazik uh, um, in the middle, that's perfectly fine. But I do think that Kostic, uh, Lindstrom, and uh, uh, Kostic, Lindstrom, and Hauge, uh from left to right as your attacking midfielders. That should be how we play. With I would yeah keep. I mean, at this point, like, think uh, if you need to, you know, you can throw up a two-striker system, but I mean, you just run out, you run out of guys on the pitch. <laughs> I I think that this is the time that we do look at Ache and just say, look, you can freaking run, and we need you to run and run a lot, and hope and just try and play play on a ball. Uh, playing through that team, through that defense that we know that they're going to throw it out, that just is just looking to try and survive and try and nip that one goal. They're going to try and go at us a little bit, but the thing is, I'd like to hope that, you know, if we look back to that Boko match, them scoring so stupid early threw off our entire match plan and then not scoring the penalty, suddenly those guys got deflated enough. And you know what? Balkum grew from there. Now we're here facing Groy to Firth. This is you gotta take the lessons that you learned against Balkum and put it against Groy to Firth. That's how you're gonna win. That's how you're gonna just kick their ass and take names. This is when we will just put them down. Like as though they're a rabid dog that just is annoying the ever-living shit out of you. And um, yeah, the last time that we faced up against these guys was a 2-3 win in a 2012-2013 season. We have had better seasons. But the fact of the matter is, this is a team that on paper should be just a team that we just annihilate. I know that that has not been the case with this team. But the fact remains that when we were looking at this match window in between the international breaks, I said, if we do not pick up a lot of points here, we are, are in trouble. You know what? They're feeling the heat. They need to basically come out and just come out swinging. We already know uh, as I'm, as Andre fans, one of the players uh, on this team, Rodney Mirabaldi, going to score. He's oh, been two on he, the team. Yeah, there's two on the team. We mm. Oh well, yeah, the Amer- yeah, American Julian Greenman. No. Hmm? Another another oh. track face. Oh my god, yeah, I keep on forgetting that he's there. Jetro Williams. Yes, I completely blanked. I was a uh, for I to be honest, I Sorry, was I, I, hey, I didn't for a second. I didn't know about Kevin Prince Boateng uh, two weeks ago, so I get you. Yeah, but yeah, but two. I mean. To be fair, I think I knew that, but that I knew that he had signed with Groyter first, but I was completely blanking on that. And it's actually there's just two, the rule. Like, there's that, two Americans on there. I guess if you count Timothy Tillman, but yeah, yeah, yeah Tillman and Green. 
but it's just kind of a rule that that former Frankfurt players play their best against us. I'm sure everybody feels that way, but it's actually a rule written in uh, in the FIFA bylaws that former Frankfurt players score against us. So just be prepared. I'm not going to predict a clean sheet this week. I'm just saying, I'm <laughs> looking at this and just saying, like, okay, this is where the lessons that have been learned by taking serious lumps come to fruition because, you know, I'm if you... with you, though, because you look at their roster from top to bottom, and minus the players I know because they're from my country or used to be on this club, on the Frankfurt Club, uh, there's not a name I recognize. There's not a name. I recognize a couple of them from the clubs they came from, but they've got a lot of injuries. There's not a lot of balance. They've had I COVID, hate, too. This yeah, team is I hate, really hurting. I mean, they're decimated. They're down like seven bodies right now. It was um, way worse than Boyko. only had like say, two starters out. Yeah. We're never, as a 15 position in the table, we're never in a position to say, this one's going to be easy. But if this one can't be easy, then we're just screwed for the whole year. Yeah, well, we've had worse matches uh, so far this season. Don't say it. No, Bochum to me has been the bottom. That has been yeah, that, the bottom. That was the that, that, out, sure. And against Goroyta Firth, this is the one, like, when they did face up against a team that was honestly on their level, they looked bad. That was Greuterfurth and Bochum at home. Yeah. And Bochum came and away with the win. You know, as far as we mentioned the table with us sitting at 15, they're sitting at dead last in 18th with a minus 20 goal differential um, compared to our five. So as far as how bad are they, they're really bad. If they concede, seven, they will concede more than one. Game. Yeah. And that that's kind of where you were saying get on them early. It There's no such thing as a test match when you're as bad as we are. But if there was a point where you wanted to try a combination in a game setting, this is going to be it. Um, it's not a hmm. hostile environment there. For those that haven't seen the stadium, uh, there's bigger – football stadiums down in Texas <laughs> Friday night lights. <laughs> I'm being dead honest. There, there are. Um, and they're louder too. There you but go. it's a it's a cool little stadium there. But um, no, just noted that you said little. Noted that you said little. Chris, Yes. I think it's time. Time to make predictions. Time to put our money where our mouth is. Or uh, your money eh, in, in a recent case. Uh, what is your prediction for this match? Outside of not um, being a clean sheet. I am going to not go with the clean sheet because every time I do, people show up on Twitter to remind me how stupid I am. So <laughs> I'm going to go with a 3-1 to Frankfurt victory. Actually, I, I think we're going to be up 3-0 for quite a while. Um, but I think we're going to inevitably concede one. Actually, I think it's going to not be as good as that. Actually, I was thinking that earlier, and I'm like, no, that's asking way too much. I do think Eintracht scores first, and that Eintracht scores second. I do think that we fall asleep at the wheel. We're talking like past the 75th minute. We concede 
uh, goal to grow it further. And, they, and we suddenly go into absolute panic mode and yet see it out. So We are also prone to mental lapses um, for sure. long periods of time of 20 to 30 minutes of just can't connect on passes and stuff like that. So that's where getting the early lead, so the inevitable meltdown whenever that occurs doesn't you know, kick us in the nuts like it has in the past. And one thing that uh, I think will be of a really good benefit uh, for us against uh, Goroy to first is the sheer fact that when it does come down to uh, another one of their weaknesses that they have on their team, they're bad against defending against set pieces. Really bad against set pieces. And the and they also ain't good with dealing with people who attack in from the wing. Hello. <laughs> Ah, uh, well, anywho's that is, uh, yeah, so a 2-1 win uh, for the Eintracht is my prediction. That's going to wrap it up for this episode of Hey Eintracht Frankfurt. I'd like to thank Chris for joining me, um, as he did have to hurry from a National Basketball Association game in Detroit to be able to make this recording. Chris, where can we find you in the social media landscape of the world when you're not uh, drinking the town of Lansing Dry? <laughs> I will be doing it again this weekend for the greatest rivalry in college hockey with Michigan and Michigan State once again. The Cold War. Uh, the Cold War. Um, but I am on Twitter and Discord at C in the D 313. You can follow me on Twitter. Uh, that is at KCSGE. Follow the show on Twitter. That is at HEFPod. Facebook.com slash HEFPod. And of course, uh, Instagram. Hey, Eintracht Frankfurt, along with uh, Gmail uh, address of Hey Eintracht Frankfurt at gmail.com is where you can reach us there. And of course, uh, for any lucky uh, listener who happens to retweet this or share us on Facebook, uh, we will pick out one lucky person to win a new 2021-2022 uh, Eintracht Frankfurt shirt. I'm keeping one or two left over from the, the goodie box that we were given from the club uh, to ha- give out on this and on a European winning night. Why not here? So Are I hosts would... allowed? Do I, get, <laughs> do I get to win that? <laughs> um, I'll get on my we... ghost account. <laughs> uh, no comment. <laughs> what? Look, I can draw them at random. I can draw them at So it's kind of all to everyone else who's doing the sharing, doing the retweeting, doing the liking. It's all on that. Yeah, we can, you can find us on Spotify. You can find us on SoundCloud. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, wherever you find your podcasts. Give it a uh, like, rating, review. Do all that sort of stuff. And yeah, you can sometimes even want the shirt off of our backs. I happen to have a, a Marco Ross jersey that... Uh, I'm ready to uh, put out there for a lucky listener as well. We'll uh, give that out on possibly, possibly if we come away with another victory, I'll give that out after we do the recording covering our win against Groyta first. So something to look forward to. Anyways, that is up it from us. I hate Andrew Frankfurt. Thanks for listening. Uh, be safe and choose. You know us. You know us. We're not gross and disgusting. We're lovable and cuddly.